Republicans in 2023 and the American right wing movement is fundamentally about we are the victims and about grievances, even though the right loves to say all these leftists are constantly making themselves the victims, be it of racial bias or gender bias or whatever the case may be. It is actually we on the right who are truly the victims. And one of the big avenues during which they've uh, through which they've claimed this victim victimhood is through big tech. Twitter is deprioritizing our content. Um, uh, ideas that are simply questioning the status quo and conventional wisdom of covid vaccines are being shut down and we are being silenced and blah, 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 blah. And even though they love to say these left wingers got to stop with the grievances and with the word we are the victims, it is really the right that has played that card. And the most interesting aspect of it is that every time it's been tested, every time it's been investigated, Every time it's been looked into in some detail, it turns out that that is actually not true. Republicans latest ridiculous claim is against Google and it is a claim of bias and it has been debunked. They tried to say that Google spam filters in Gmail were biased against conservatives. The idea was the spam filter is not merely making a, 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 an impartial analysis of what should be redirected to your spam folder. It is using partisanship, whereas Repub wherein Republican fundraising emails are much more likely to end up in spam than Democratic fundraising emails, emails from the RNC are much more likely to end up in spam than emails from the DNC. And it has now been studied by the FEC. And the determination that's been made is that's just not the case. And of course, the right is outraged. The right says that the analysis itself is biased. But the truth is that whenever these things are looked into, we are unable to find evidence of bias in the investigation. And the investigation is unable to find evidence of bias in the underlying phenomena which they are looking at. The FEC looked into it and determined that it was not true. Now, this is not actually surprising and it's not surprising in two different ways. It's not surprising when it comes to the RNC and it's not surprising when it comes to Google. And I'll deal with each of those aspects one by one. The RNC and the Republican Party and right wingers and MAGA, you know, whatever, all of them, they have been grasping at straws trying to prove big tech has a liberal bias. And the truth is that that has not been determined to be the case. When you looked at, I mean, just go through it one by one. When there was an analysis done of Twitter, it turned out that that was not the case. If you, by the way, now that Elon Musk has taken over Twitter, there's this new thing called the for you feed. It's basically a sort of algorithmically curated feed, not based on it's not the the, the people you follow. It's sort of like a stuff you might be interested in. It's just right wing trash. I went on there and it was Carrie Lake, anti-vax, covid skeptical stuff. Uh, uh, the, the, the left is censoring. What about woke, anti woke, anti trans? It was crazy. OK, so Twitter wasn't found to be the case, especially not now under Elon Musk's leadership. It's become a right wing uh, platform. Facebook. Well, supposedly Facebook is very much biased against the right. They so they claimed Then an analysis was done every single week. 
including leading up to the election, after the election, well before the, the, the elections, 2020, 2022, the best performing content on Facebook is almost exclusively right wing content. Dan Bongino, Ben Shapiro, all these types of people. Every once in a while, there's a, um, a Rachel Maddow clip that makes it in there. The top stuff on Facebook is right wing stuff. Now, Gmail. OK, um, so it's not surprising. And this idea that there's just constant liberal bias in all big tech has been disproven time and time again. The RNC made the claims about Twitter before Elon Musk bought it. It was dismissed, et cetera. Now, um, there's another aspect to this. Republicans are trying to make campaigning against big tech a big part of their election strategy, because, again, they are the party of victimhood. They are the, the, the grievance politics people. And it may still work like it doesn't actually matter if they can keep campaigning on big tech is biased against us. It might still be useful to them. But then we get to the Google part. Listen, I am no generic defender of Google. I mean, I just in the same way that I'm no generic defender of any platform, but having spam filters that are biased against conservatives would not be in Google's interests in any way. Google is a business. Its primary goal is to make money and alienating a large segment of the population through such partisan spam filtering, or even if it's not overt, but if campaigns don't convert and these right wingers start to realize it's Gmail that's preventing the campaigns from converting by sending our emails into spam, it wouldn't be good for Google's business. It wouldn't be good for Gmail's business. So there's really no reason that they would do it. Uh, and so it doesn't make sense on any level. And it's time, I hope, for the RNC to move on from these conspiracy theories and from the grievances and from the victimization. Focus on real issues. There are things you could do as the Republican Party to maybe actually convince some people to vote for you based on based on uh, good ideas rather than just more grievances and more complaining and more whining. But once again, it's been studied. It's been debunked. And of course, they will say the study itself was biased. Hey, you have to see this. Uh, The Texas attorney general, Ken Paxton, says he is willing and able to defend a law that bans gay sex in private. Now, these are sometimes referred to as sodomy laws. And obviously, if you are a small government conservative, the first thing you would do is start trying to pass laws about what people can do in the privacy of their own bedroom. No, that's not at all what you would do. But it is a tired example of how the values they state are not the actual values they espouse when it is no longer convenient to them. It is absurd and terrifying that Ken Paxton is saying, hey, let's look at ways to roll back LGBT rights. I mean, the fact that that's happening even in some general sense is horrifying. We maybe naively hoped in 2015 after the gay marriage decision that we were all moving beyond these issues of trying to limit the rights of LGBT people that we have seen from the right. We very quickly realized they're not giving up. They're just going to shift the battle lines. They shifted from gay marriage to, for example, religious freedom to discriminate against gay people, Uh, bathroom stuff, trans. you, You all know the stuff. So now we hear from Ken Paxton. I have a clip here. Uh, he is, of course, always couching this as states should get to decide what types of sex people can have 
in their bedroom. But we're not falling for it. Take a look at this. Uh, would you, as attorney general, be comfortable defending a law that once again outlawed sodomy, that questioned oh Lawrence again, or Griswold, uh, or gay marriage uh, that came from the state legislature to, to put to the test what Justice Thomas said? Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of issues here, but certainly the Supreme Court has stepped into issues that I don't think there was any constitutional provision dealing with. They were legislative issues. Wow. And this is one of those issues, and, and there may be more. So understand um, the gist of what he is saying. Because these guys are pretty damn good at using euphemism and talking around issues. What Ken Paxton fundamentally is saying is that the Supreme Court has overstepped the same way that they say, well, the Supreme Court overstepped on gay marriage, the Supreme Court overstepped on Roe v. Wade, which they've since been able to get rolled back. And they say states should get to decide these things. But at the end of the day, this is very much like those who say the Civil War was not about slavery. It was about states rights. Ah, but it was not about states rights to determine we're going to use the inch or the centimeter, right? It was about states rights to determine they want to continue making it legal to own people and force them to do work for you as slaves. And very much the same way what Ken Paxson is saying here is I can very much defend the laws in which Texas might ban gay sex in the privacy of bedrooms and make it a crime, which is insanely overreaching for government, especially for people claiming that they are small government conservatives. He's not going to say it that way. He's going to say, we believe it can be defended because the Supreme Court has overreached in certain ways beyond where we believe it's a very clear indication that Paxton and other so-called conservatives are not only comfortable, but are actively working and interested in rolling back LGBT LGBT rights. We said that this would happen uh, right after the Roe v. Wade decision. It is a disgusting violation of human rights. It's a step towards more discrimination, towards more oppression, and it goes against their own stated principles. And the fact that Paxton is willing to publicly come out and say discriminatory, disgusting, oppressive law. Well, we're going to defend states rights because that's my job under the Constitution. It shows either or both. He doesn't actually understand what it means to have rights or he assumes the people who support him don't. And that's much the way that Fox News operates. Like, I don't literally think Fox News hosts hosts believe a lot of the crap they say, but they believe their audience will believe it. And they're mostly correct. And that has been much of Ken Paxton and in general, the Texas governor and lieutenant governor's M.O., which is we will assume our voters don't know the difference. And this stuff will sound pretty damn good to them. So extraordinarily dangerous whether Paxton is actually going to fight to, again, ban certain types of sex in people's private homes between consenting adults. I don't know. I'm hoping it doesn't actually get to that point, but he's certainly saying all the things that make us think that's what's coming. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the David Pakman show. What a week of programs we have for you. As many people know, I'm a white ale type of guy when it comes to beer. And even for those of us who drink responsibly like me, 
sometimes you still feel it the next day and it can slow you down, especially when you start to get up there in the years like me. Check out our sponsor Z Biotics, which is a probiotic drink that breaks down the byproduct of alcohol responsible for those rough mornings after drinking. All you do is drink a tiny bottle of Z Biotics before you have alcohol. Next day, you'll feel refreshed and ready to go. The way it works is when you drink, a toxic byproduct builds up in your gut, and that's what causes you to feel bad the next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break down that byproduct, and Zbiotics stands by their product 100%. If it doesn't work for you, you get all your money back, no questions asked. Remember, we're talking about drinking responsibly here. I can't more highly prioritize getting a good night's sleep. Zbiotics is for responsible drinkers who just want to get the most out of the next day. Go to zbiotics.com slash Pacman. Get 15% off your first order with the code Pacman. That's Z-B-I-O-T-I-C-S dot com slash Pacman. Coupon code Pacman for 15% off. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10% off your first month. That's better. H E L P dot com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors is paired the app for couples every day. Paired gives you and your partner questions, quizzes, games to have fun, to stay connected, to deepen your conversations and get to know each other better. What's great about it is you don't even have to be in the same room, especially with the baby right now. My girlfriend and I are quite busy. And paired really helped us to stay connected. You get a daily question to answer. You can't see your partner's answer until you answer yourself and their questions about everything, relationship, life, intimacy, other things. And all of the exercises were developed by academic psychologists and expert relationship therapists as well. Questions like what makes you feel lucky in your relationship? Great when you want to remember and have gratitude, really great thing. What's an activity you could try together this month actually gets people thinking about things to do. It can go in really funny directions as well, but it just always feels like time well spent. Head over to paired.com slash Pacman for a seven day free trial and 25% off a subscription. That's P-A-I-R-E-D.com slash Pacman to try it free for a week and get 25% off. The link is in the podcast notes. 
Donald Trump was soaking wet and slurring badly in a bizarre funeral promotion. Now, you might say, David, what what do you mean a funeral promotion like an ad for a funeral? Yes, things have gotten, I dare say, Kafka esque in the aftermath of the tragic passing of Diamond of the dynamic pro Trump duo Diamond and Silk. You may recall that Diamond recently died. Uh, believed to be from covid, although I still don't know if it's been confirmed. This was a pro Trump uh, group of uh, group uh, two women, pro, very, very much pro Trump spreaders of anti vaccine disinformation, uh, spreaders of all sorts of different misinformation. In fact, I should say Donald Trump announced that he will be presiding over the funeral of Diamond in North Carolina over the weekend. He is soaking wet, almost dripping. He is slurring extraordinarily badly. But the strangest part of it might be, why are you advertising a funeral? It's an unusual thing. Look at this. And remember, folks, this is not a parody. This is real. Please join us on Saturday, January Saturday 21st in Fayetteville, North Carolina. She loved that state. And so do I. As we celebrate the life of Diamond, she lived it in a credible way, and we're going to have a wonderful celebration and ceremony. All of Diamond's families and Silk, we love Silk, her sister. She loved her sister so much, and they loved each other, Mm. and they really loved the world. They were with me from the beginning, and they never wavered. So we're going to celebrate. Silk will be there, but I'll be there, and... We're going to celebrate the life of Diamond. See you in North Carolina. Are they going to celebrate? I'm having Trump only mentioned it four times. I guess they're going to celebrate there. Why is he soaking wet? Why is he slurring? But the, the wackiest part of this is he's promoting a funeral in a very strange way. And and maybe the the silliest part of this entire thing is, you know, when I think of people needing comfort, people really needing someone who knows in difficult times just exactly what to say to really provide that comfort. It's hard to think of a worse person to deliver that than than Donald Trump, truly. And it would not surprise me if Trump didn't even know which one was diamond and which was silk. And there are really maybe the other thing to talk about here before we move on to clips from the actual eulogy, which but listen, if you (laughs) Trump giving a eulogy. Okay, it's going to be absolutely crazy and we will get to that. There is an irony in a sense of Trump speaking at the funeral of Diamond, who was a vocal supporter of Trump's presidency and his failed campaign and all of it, given Trump's endlessly divisive rhetoric and treatment of the black community. That's at the end of the day one of these issues that continues to rear its ugly head when when you look at a situation like Diamond and Silk or Blacks for Trump or whatever the case may be, the ability of and again, I don't know if it's like seeing past what Trump actually is and was with regard to many of these communities or an indifference or a deliberate ignoring of it for personal gain, because Diamond and Silk got a ton of publicity and, and became known as a result of their support of Trump. Um, I don't know what it is, but that is really the irony of all of it. And as you can imagine, 
Trump as out of place at a black church during a during a funeral for a black woman, as you can imagine. And we're going to talk about that next. Failed former President Donald Trump in one of his most cartoonishly bizarre acts gave, I guess you would call it a eulogy at the funeral service of Diamond of Diamond and Silk. Her real name was not Diamond. It was Anethea Lynette Hardaway. She passed away not long ago, believed to be from covid unvaccinated. We'll get to that, by the way, a little bit later. Donald Trump announced in a soaking wet and slurring statement, as we looked at earlier, that he would be presiding over it. Donald Trump did not know that this was going to go for three hours. And in fact, he ended up complaining about it. But let's start with Trump's heartwarming and emotional tribute to Diamond saying the prisons of many countries are emptying out into the United States. The mental institutions of many countries are emptying out into the United States. Talk about gas prices and inflation, not a typical eulogy, as one would expect. You know, things we can fix inflation. We can fix so much of what's been damaged over the last two years. We had it going so well, but we can fix these things. But, you know, millions of people, I think 15 million people, they say three, maybe four. I know. No, I think remember a memorial service remembering the great diamond. This is what Trump is talking about. They have no idea how many people (laughs) and they allowed their prisons to be emptied out into the United States of America. They allowed their mental institutions to be emptied out (laughs) into the United States of America. Never happened. Common sense would tell you that if you had common sense, you wouldn't be doing that. Mike would know that, but you wouldn't be doing this. By the way, Trump's pointing to Mike Pillow. Millions and millions of people are coming and no country would be able to withstand this. No country, whether you're rich or poor. And uh, we're not really rich. We owe, as of this morning, $31 trillion. Right. So I don't know. You call it rich, I guess. I don't know. Maybe not. This is really helping me to mourn and grieve with the Diamonds family. We spend a lot of money on other countries, and many of those countries hate us, so we give them money. <laughs> so common sense would tell you all of these things. Inflation was caused by energy. They stopped the energy and all of a sudden your gasoline went from a dollar eighty seven a gallon to five, six, seven in California, eight dollars a gallon. And when your baker makes his cakes and when your hospitals create heat and all of the different things you need this for, uh, everything goes up and it's a runaway. It's far greater than people thought. This this is this is performance art. I mean, uh, in, in a thousand years. When future sociologists and anthropologists and psychologists want to learn about the insanity of this era, you would show them this and you would say this was a funeral eulogy for a woman who died and died at a relatively young age. And this was a former president who showed up and talked about mental institutions, so-called being emptied out into our country. Trump then complained, as he often does. He was not expecting this to go more than three hours. okay? and he was not particularly happy thing. And and I don't believe, you know, they told me, said, give me a little time because I have a lot of people waiting for me back in a place called Palm Beach, Florida. They said, give me a little time. What do you think it'll take? Oh, about 15, 20 minutes in and out. I said, well, it could take longer. This is a little longer than 15 minutes, right? (laughs) 
Yes, it was. I mean, it is true. It was three plus hours of stories and prayers and hymns. Is that how you pronounce it? Hymns? The N is silent. Um, And it took a very, very long time. And Donald Trump was not particularly pleased with that. Donald Trump also announcing to the crowd again, this is all in memory of Diamond. It's all uh, out of respect for her memory and her life and everything. Trump announcing he wanted to ensure that there would be valet parking at their valet service at this event. Please know that uh, we share in your grief. That's why you have such an incredible crowd of people. I said, let's pick a big place. I don't care. Don't worry about it. Just pick a big place because uh, Trump's not paying anyway. So who cares? Right. He'll just not pay. Chapel wouldn't have held the kind of people, the number of people that we have. And uh, we're doing it right. And that's the way it should be. And I did notice a big line of very, very uh, nice vehicles outside. That's going to be handled properly. Right. So we're going to handle it properly. Go out in style. She knew that. Go out in style. Folks, we will be remembering the life and times of Diamond and we will share in the grief and and tragedy with her family and a valet will be properly handling all cars. Please make sure to tip, make sure to tip the valet. And then just when you thought the eulogy could not get any stranger, Trump decides to make it about himself. And with tears and tissues in the crowd, he concludes this moving tribute by reminding the crowd that the 2020 election was stolen from him. How do we stop the cheating? How do we stop it where you get more votes, but you still don't win? (laughs) And the answer is the Republicans have to get tougher. Yeah. The top people have to get tougher. Right. And and you have to really swamp them. There's a level at which even they can't produce. And so if you win big enough, you're going to get there. And then once we're there, we're going to straighten it all out and get it back to where it was. But yeah, Um, Saturday Night Live could do nothing with this because this is already like part 20 of a Saturday Night Live skit. Unbelievable, unbelievable. It's it's a sort of genius parody avant garde performance uh, art of some way. It's Kafkaesque. It's delusional. It's hilarious. It's sad. It's a tragic comedy. Um, Unbelievable. And listen, Trump deserves some credit in the sense that it was hard to imagine even Trump turning this event into something so absurd and unable to be parodied. But he was able to do it. Now let's move on to the shedding vaccine conspiracy that came from this event. All right. So after consistently speaking out against vaccinations for years and years and years, silk of diamond and silk. Remember, diamond is Alethea Lynette Hardaway, who recently died. We believe of covid unvaccinated. Silk is now suggesting that diamond died because of the vaccine. I actually had to look at the clip I'm going to play for you a bunch of times to figure out even what was the conspiracy theory that Silk is putting out there. Initially, I said, well, how did Diamond die of the vaccine? Because remember, they didn't seem to be vaccinated. This was what they said about the vaccine. Yes, we do need to look at the community. Right. But what we don't need to happen is what happened with Africa. Uh-huh. Right. When Bill Gates and them took that vaccine to Africa, right. trying yeah. to vaccinate, they felt like stuff can start right there in certain parts of, of Africa. Africa. That's what we don't need to. You're not going to uh-huh. make black people not the guinea pig. 
for this we here right here. We're not gonna be your experiment. No. Nope. Or, or your your project. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not black. Yes. Folks. Today, Billy. Yes. The surgeon. The, the surgeon general was talking to. As a matter of fact, he was trending today. Listen. I I tell us what we need to know. Yeah. But I always look at the underbelly of what's going on. That's, That's right. the intuition in me. Yeah. So needless to say, their intuition led them not to be vaccinated. So then we go to the memorial service. Here is Silk eulogizing Diamond. I had to listen a bunch of times, but I believe what she's saying here is Diamond was poisoned by coming into contact with vaccinated people. Other people having been vaccinated killed Diamond. By the way, she says this with Trump there sitting four feet away, who takes credit for the vaccines. Are Americans being poisoned? Uh-huh. In the wild, when they want to depopulate and sterilize a large group of animals, they usually inject one animal. Right. And then that one animal infect the rest of the animals. Oof. So technically, and according to the science, oh, it doesn't matter if you're vaxxed or not. Ah. As long as the gain of function allows one injected person to transfer and affect another person and that person affect another person, eventually everyone will be affected in one way or the other. Now, understand. She's not talking. It's you would hear that and say, oh, she's describing how a virus spreads. All right. Like one person gets infected and then the next and the next and the next. No, 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 no. She's talking about the vaccine. And what's amazing is Trump's vaccinated and he's sitting four feet away. If you believe this, does Silk really believe this? I have no idea. I really couldn't tell you if Silk really believes this, then Trump's presence there is a major danger to everybody who's in the crowd because Trump would be shedding vaccine or whatever. Now, we've talked about this many times before. This concept of shedding vaccine is the idea that if you're vaccinated, you can spread. There's different versions. There's you're vaccinated. You can spread the virus by shedding it out of the vaccine. Not possible because the covid vaccine doesn't have active virus in it. That's not possible. Or you're vaccinated and you're shedding vaccine. Now, that's not true. All that would happen is maybe other people would end up vaccinated, but that's not actually what happens. The covid vaccines don't contain live virus. It's impossible. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. How insane is this at the we believe that Diamond died of covid. We as far as we know, they are not vaccinated and Silk starts doing the conspiracy theory that Diamond may have been poisoned by vaccinated people, I guess, shooting particles of the vaccine all around them like a cloud of sorts. Uh, these are very, very sick people. And there we don't I, I don't minimize or dismiss their grief by any means. But even in their grief, they continue to actively do damage to the world that chooses to follow science and empiricism and common sense and try to act in ways where we are sort of trying to help those around us. Very, very sad. And there are four or five different tragedies all all together here. Not just that we believe Diamond died of covid unvaccinated, but there's a bunch of other tragedies here as well. We'll have all of these clips that I played for you 
on our Instagram. You can find us on Instagram. It's quite intuitive. In fact, you just search for David Pakman show on Instagram. You'll find all of these clips. You can also find them on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the David Pakman show. It's a new year. Many of us are trying to make new positive changes. Here's something really simple that could be a game changer. Our sponsor, Athletic Greens. Every day I take a scoop of AG1. I get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals and whole food sourced ingredients to last me all day long. This way, I just know my nutritional bases are covered for the entire day. It has everything I want. And that's important to me. Rather than doing the individual supplements and vitamins or whatever, I don't want to do any of that. Okay. AG1 is the simplest way to just get everything I want for my nutritional foundation each day. AG1 is also a great bang for your buck. You're going to end up spending way more on all those bottles of vitamins and supplements and minerals. So save some money, make your life easier. Just a scoop of AG1. I love the travel packs, which let me take AG1 wherever I go. I have the big pack of AG1 at home. And when you go to athleticgreens.com slash Pacman, you'll get five free travel packs plus a free year supply of vitamin D, which I use during the winter. That's athleticgreens.com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. You might remember that a few years ago, uh, the show got hacked and many thousands of dollars were stolen. We never got it back. It's a terrible feeling. It can happen to anyone. But a couple of years ago, we got aura, which really gives us significantly more peace of mind. And our sponsor aura is the app that protects you from scammers by alerting you anytime your info like email, passwords, social security number are found in data breaches. Aura also automatically requests removal of your info from search engines and it can reduce spam calls. Aura alerts you quickly about suspicious credit inquiries, like if someone tries to take a loan out in your name. And Aura's password manager makes it easy to keep your account secure to begin with. Aura also has parental controls for your kids' devices. You can restrict apps or manage screen time, set focus time, make sure they're doing homework instead of binging on YouTube. You can try Aura. Aura free for 14 days at aura.com slash Pacman. Use the free trial to see if your email password are already out there. You may be surprised. That's aura.com slash Pacman to try Aura free for 14 days. The link is in the podcast notes. All right, everybody. I hate that I have to do this video, but after more than two weeks, I don't have a choice anymore because our YouTube channel is quite frankly on the verge of death. Uh, you know, I know that haters joke about David, you're, you're circling the drain and all of this stuff. Quite frankly, as far as the YouTube channel is concerned, things look absolutely terrible right now. I was hoping that this would resolve and that I wouldn't even come to you with this as a big, strong guy. Right. Uh, but it's getting worse. Something has happened. And our videos are no longer being recommended to viewers in the way that for years and years they were. Now, you will notice there are no conspiracy theories here or irresponsible speculation. It's me telling you the facts and the numbers and then giving the most charitable hypothesis about what happened. We have one point six million subscribers on YouTube. 
And there are now videos that are sometimes getting 2000 views. Now, I know my haters will say, David, that's because your videos suck. Well, some of them may suck. OK, that's it. I won't I won't deny that. But as a sheer mathematical reality with one point six million subscribers, our videos would never get 2000 views. Even a bad video was 15,000, 20,000 views. Here's the story. On January 9th, mysteriously, there was a roughly six to seven hour period during which our live analytics showed almost no views, like not few views, but just almost zero. And we're putting that up on the screen as little as like 1900 views in an entire hour during a time of day where we'd normally have 100,000 views in an hour or even more. This impacted our channel and others. Our channel was not the only one impacted by this. Some of uh, our colleagues in left wing politics were impacted by this and people outside of politics were impacted by this. Fine. YouTube told us your views are fine. This is just a reporting glitch. So this is sort of like, you know, if a smoke detector goes off, it might go off because there's smoke, but it might go off because the smoke detector is broken, it's malfunctioning. We were told the views are fine. Fine. The next day, things were supposedly fixed. After three or four days, some slightly higher numbers were replaced in our analytics for that six, seven hour period on January 9th. But I could immediately tell that views were dead. Subscribers were flat. One day we even lost subscribers after gaining subscribers every day for years. We actually lost uh, three subscribers net one day. And since January 9th, the channel has been dead. There are videos that after 90 minutes, after two hours, have 2000 or fewer views. We're putting that up on the screen for you to take a look at. Again, this is something that just hasn't happened in years. And you do the math with 1.6 million subscribers. It just doesn't pass the sniff test. Views, revenue are down 60 or 70 percent. Subscribers are at a crawl. Now, this is happening to many channels of people that, you know, I'm not going to mention them. It's not appropriate. If they choose to talk about what's going on, that's absolutely fine for them to do. However, it is not affecting all of our channels. There are some creators in news and politics whose channels are doing absolutely fine. Now, I genuinely have no idea what is happening, but I have some speculations. Okay, I am not claiming at this time that anybody at YouTube did anything malicious. I am not claiming at this time that YouTube made a decision. Let's screw over David Pakman and a bunch of these other creators. I don't have the evidence to say that. So that is not my hypothesis at this point in time. Something took us completely out of the recommendation algorithm. I even notice it when browsing YouTube on my personal account, uh, not connected to the David Pakman show channel. I used to get my own videos recommended. They are completely gone. Here is one of dozens and dozens of emails from viewers explaining this. Tom wrote in and said, I exclusively scroll through the recently uploaded YouTube category, but other categories are likely populated by similar algorithmic logic. I noticed a month or two ago I stopped seeing your videos recommended. I had to manually search for your channel to find it. This also happened with some of my other favorite creators. All of those in your channel have one thing in common. I started to ignore those videos on YouTube because I watch them on other platforms, Patreon, etc. Since then, I've noticed that whatever channel I click on in recently uploaded has a massive impact on what is recommended in the future. 
dozens of emails like that. I am going to give you the most innocent explanation. Okay, the most innocent explanation is there was this glitch on January 9th and it hurt us during that six hour period, but it then caused something to happen which led to no engagement. Maybe it was a period during which our videos didn't come up as recommended for people anymore. Whatever it was, it became a vicious cycle and it told YouTube no one's clicking David's videos. So stop recommending them altogether. That's not me saying someone did it. I don't know, but it is what happened. So right now we have to see if we can fix this. I need you to help me with super simple tasks that cost nothing. Okay, we need to try to re-engineer our way into the algorithm. If this doesn't work, it will be a really good piece of data about what might be going on. Now, if it works, that's absolutely fantastic. So here's what I would ask you to do. I believe if a few thousand people do this, it may fix the problem. First, do a search for David Pakman on YouTube and click on one of our videos. Do it a second time. Do it a third time. The key is search for David Pakman. Click on the videos which will train the algorithm. This is what people are looking for. When you click onto my videos, please make sure you are subscribed. Please, please, please. And make sure after subscribing that you click the bell and select all. This tells YouTube not only am I subscribed, I want to see David's videos in my feed. Please like the video. And if you can, please leave a comment. Now, ideally, if YouTube then shows you more of my videos and the recommendations, either to the side or below the video you're watching, click another one of my videos. Ideally, like it, comment. The idea is string back to back videos of mine together, which is hopefully training the YouTube algorithm. This is the this is the path people are actually looking for. Now, if you don't get any recommendations for my videos, if you only get Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel and other people named Jimmy, search for me again, click like comment. Now, if this entire thing is nothing nefarious and we simply fell out of the algorithm, just several hundred or ideally a couple of thousand of you out of the one point six million subscribers and some non subscribers doing this, this might fix the problem completely and resolve it. If it doesn't, then it'll be really useful information. And whatever's going on is even worse than we thought. Now, the other part, YouTube revenues down 60 to 70 percent. We count on that. We're counting on using that money to launch the Spanish channel. We are very close to launching a dubbed to Spanish version of our channel to hit the Spanish speaking community. Dubbing is really, really expensive, really, really expensive, thousands of dollars per month. We were counting on the revenue from the main channel to fund the dubbing on the Spanish channel. So this is a very bad time for this to be happening. Please grab a membership at joinpacman.com. OK, it's really cheap. You can use the coupon code 24 starts now. You'll get a sizable discount, pay full price or not, whatever. We just need to supplement 60 to 70 percent is a big, 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 big deal. So let's do it. Let's give this 48 hours and then I will report back to you whether this did anything at all, anything at all to deal with this algorithmic issue that we are experiencing. And if it doesn't, then it will give us more information and we can go from there. I want to talk to you today about comedy and sheltered people and completely screwed up senses of humor. One of the most interesting psychological and cultural phenomena that we can look at right now is what right wingers think is funny. Now, we've talked about before how when right wingers have tried to do satirical news, it just like 
doesn't work. And part of it is you can't really tell the difference from actual right wing news because it's all so dumb and stupid. And shows like the half hour news hour on Fox News failed. You know, you've got this guy, Greg Gutfeld on Fox News, who I guess is a comedian. You can't tell when he's doing a comedy bit and when he's being serious. Right wing comedy just it doesn't really work in a normal way. I am now going to present to you sort of the latest edition of what the hell are these people thinking? I bring you today a clip from this Reawaken America tour. These are these events that are held in uh, sort of like circus tents that are kind of like churches all over the place. Many of these are affiliated with Christian hate preacher Greg Locke. They brought in comedian Jim Brewer. Jim Brewer is now I guess you can call him a right wing comedian. And what is amazing to me is he mocks flu shots. He mocks vaccines. He seems to mock DeMar Hamlin, the NFL player who recently suffered a cardiac arrest on on the field and thankfully is is moving ahead in his recovery. And the crowd just loves it. This is comedy to these people. And it is extraordinarily sad in terms of what it says about our country. Take a look at this. I still have my in-laws. My in-laws are like, we got to get our flu shot, then a booster, then another booster. This guy's clapping. This guy is in, he's in stitches, folks. If you're listening, there's a Vietnam veteran hat wearing guy who is just clapping. He's 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 so uh, he's he's almost apoplectic in laughter. <laughs> I'll say, you know, people are starting to die. Where'd you hear that? Right. What are you, one of those conspiracy theorists? Whoa. The left had better be ready for this because the right is starting to get good at comedy. Look at these young ladies who were just overcome with laughter. <laughs> what are you, a cult member? Extremist, one of them. I guess this is an imitation of a left winger that Jim Brewer is doing. I don't know. (laughs) Here in the NFL. So I guess the joke, he falls down. Jim Brewer throws himself down on the ground like a like a tantruming two year old. I guess the joke is, oh, everything's fine with the vaccines. Oh, whoops. DeMar Hamlin is now down on the ground. I think the joke is that the vaccine caused what happened to DeMar Hamlin, of course, for which there is no evidence. I again, I'm trying to interpret stuff that is unintelligible. I believe that's the joke to the extent that it's a joke that Jim Brewer is making. And that really gets the crowd riled up. Isn't this great, guys? Crazy conspiracy theorist. All right. So then the same then the same bit just starts over again. Only the most sheltered people would find this stuff funny. If you are if you if your entertainment and your thinking is mostly watching paint dry. Maybe this is funny because Brewer's making, you know, like a silly face. 
But it's disturbing and it's pathetic and it's really disheartening to see what is considered funny these days among the right. And these trends, we mock vaccines and we mock people who get them and we mock doctors. And, you know, the last time we talked about Jim Brewer about a year ago, he was making fun of people who listen to doctors. But even Brewer himself, when his wife was was very sick, I forget what with I think it was a type of cancer. He wasn't mocking doctors then or specialists or any of it. He found the best people. And he went to them and he listened to them so that he could actually get treatment. So even Brewer, this may even be an act as far as Brewer is concerned, but it reveals this deep ignorance, this deep lack of empathy towards struggles that people have towards people affected by the pandemic, people, healthcare workers uh, uh, and, and on and on and on. But it's also a reflection of a larger problem within the right wing and this increased tendency to retreat into their echo chambers, because this is now no longer even just, well, different news sources and different underlying beliefs about A, B, C, D issue. This, this is about we are going to surround ourselves with people so delusionally like minded that it becomes an impossibility to ever break out of this, right? If you're laughing this hard, as hard as this woman is laughing at the act that Jim Brewer is doing, I don't know how you ever get out of that echo chamber. And I don't know how, how our society can actually move forward in any, any kind of constructive manner. And I hate that I am, have become so cynical and negative about this, but I am very, ne- I am very pessimistic about it. I mean, when you see this laughter at what I just played for you, uh, I, I, I don't know where we go from here. Let me know what you think in the comments. One of our sponsors today is Fume. Fume is on a mission to accelerate humanity's breakup from the bad habits that consume far too many of us, including ones that harm our health. Fume is a natural diffusive device that uses plants and behavioral science to trade out your negative habit for a positive one. Fume is not a vape. It's a non-electronic device designed to transform your negative habits instead of pods filled with potentially harmful chemicals like a vape. Fume uses cores infused with plants like peppermint and cinnamon for delicious natural flavors. Fume's new version 2 model is snappy and tactile with an adjustable airflow dial and a magnetic end cap that's fun to fidget with. It's Fume's goal to make switching easy or even enjoyable. They have thousands of five-star reviews from people just like you who have successfully switched when other solutions didn't work. Head to tryfume.com and use the code PACMAN to get 10% off today when you get the Journey Pack, which comes with three unique flavors and the new version 2 Fume. That's T-R-Y-F-U-M dot com. Code Pacman saves you 10% on the journey pack. The info is in the podcast notes. It's quite stunning, but not altogether surprising how quickly the perspectives on presidents, present and former having classified documents uh, has changed given the recent news about Joe Biden. Now, as a reminder for all the people emailing me saying, David, why won't you talk about the Joe Biden classified documents? We've talked about it so many times at this point. Investigate Biden, figure out what happened, figure out if there was wrongdoing. But it is a totally separate case from that of Trump. And it doesn't mean you stop investigating Trump because you're investigating Joe Biden for a while when it was Donald Trump who had directed staff to take hundreds of classified documents to his house, 
who tried to use lawyers to prevent giving them back, who had his lawyers say we gave them back even though they didn't give them back and everything that led up to the search warrant being executed at Mar-a-Lago. During all of that time, right wingers were saying this is a witch hunt. This is a paperwork issue. This is a non story. This is just something that happens and you just deal with it and the documents you give back and then you just move on. You don't do all of this crazy stuff, including showing up at Trump's house at Mar-a-Lago. But now all of a sudden that it's Joe Biden being investigated for something similar, but not at all the same thing. All of a sudden now they're talking about treason. I, that is not an exaggeration. In this clip, I'm going to play for you Fox News host and perpetual Trump brown noser Maria Bartiromo asks James Comer, congressman, is this treason? And even Comer isn't ready to go that far yet. Take a look. We need to know now who had access to those documents because our national security could be at risk. Well, I this is is this treason? <laughs> It's it's very concerning. Uh, we're not going to let up. I think that uh, we've got plenty of information to move forward. Uh, this would be a lot easier if the White House would work with us. Ah. But not only are they stonewalling our investigation, you know, they're, they're constantly, if you watch that press conference with the, the Eon Sam, yeah. who's the guy they brought in to, to fight back against the investigators, which is preposterous because this is the oversight committee. We're supposed to provide oversight. To the federal right. government and the executive branch, uh, you know, it's nothing but but slurs. You know, they need to work slurs. with us. The American people can yes. see through this. The media is starting to see CNN, CBS. Other All right, okay, and the music is coming up very quickly there. So, uh, listen, was Maria Bartiromo asking whether it was treason when it was Trump with hundreds of documents after months of trying to keep them? Right, right. And I want you to think really, really carefully about this. Biden having a small number of documents left behind from when he was vice president which he didn't direct anyone to take, which his lawyers found and immediately called the National Archives and told them, here's what we found. We want to get it back to you and fully cooperating with an investigation that might be treason. OK, on the other hand, Trump deliberately taking hundreds of documents to his house, using lawyers to obstruct the investigation, not turning them over that is, of course, a witch hunt or something. The double standard is breathtaking, breathtaking, but it is not altogether surprising. And I will again, I know people love to write in and say, David, you're so biased on a lot of the I am on the left without a doubt. My views on issues when it comes to taxation and the climate and education, my views are on the left. There's no doubt about it. But I make every effort not to play these games with you, because actually, unlike the Fox audience, which doesn't respect their audience and is like, my audience is stupid, well, they'll fall for anything we say. I actually respect you. And so I don't play the debt deficit games. I don't play the gas price games and those parties. I, I, I don't do it. And with this issue, I have said there are some relevant, important differences between the Trump and Biden classified document situations. Regardless, those differences should come out in investigations that take place into both of them. So don't play those games with me. A lying Republican Congressman George Santos was met with some brutal heckling, brutal heckling at LaGuardia Airport when he arrived yesterday. 
He faced questions, continuing to face questions about more of his lies. Now it turns out that he appears to have, um, you know, I don't I, I don't know the right terminology. I don't know if he was a drag queen. Like, I don't know. Dressed in drag was a drag queen. I don't know. What I do know is that Republicans for a year have been saying that drag queens are one of the greatest threats to America and our children that they have ever seen from the left. And it turns out George Santos appears to have also dressed in drag. He seems to be admitting it. He's just saying I was having fun. Okay, we'll get to that on the bonus show. Anyway, he arrives at LaGuardia Airport and is immediately swarmed. Take a look at this. Pardon me. Guys, this, is, this isn't how you're going to interview. You call my office. Right. Which I did. They didn't respond to me. Send an email and I'll take Just care of it. I've already told you specifically in DC that I would sit with you okay. if you approach it throughout the proper channel. No, I did. They don't respond. Call my office. Oh, I did. They don't write back to me. Look at this. My case for you guys right now is that I'm focusing on serving American people, and I'm super excited about it. Yes, I have already. I, I just, I went, I went to uh, DC last night for a meeting, and I'm back. Yeah, it was here all week. Look at all the work he's doing. Who did you, Congressman? Who did you speak with? Uh, classified. Classified. I. <laughs> that's genius. So, I, I, I looked into that. Um, my understanding is that who he meets with is not classified. It's just private, you know, and and this is again, these people have no business in these roles. It's classified. No, you might just not give us the names of everyone you met with, although it might actually be public record. I don't know. Uh, Look, guys, I wish you guys well. I'm going to go in an elevator. I wish you guys well. So there he is asked about the drag queen stuff. He says, I was young and I had fun. Sue me for having a life. How about the $700,000? Is your mother at the World Trade Center? Guys, look, look. This isn't how you conduct an interview. Was your mother at the World Trade Center on 9-11 is related to the fact that Santos has told two different stories about when his mother died. I love your guy who keeps following me in planes. Fourth flight I take with him. Good job tipping you guys off. All right. So then he gets himself into an elevator. Here's a nice one. CBS two talked about this. They are now, as a matter of fact, just introducing him as a disgraced congressman, which I have to tell you, I love. We begin with breaking news tonight. Disgraced Congressman George Santos. (laughs) He's been he's been in office a week and they're already referring to him as disgraced congressman back in town. Our cameras were there when he landed at LaGuardia late this afternoon. Yeah. Well, have I'm you met with the Yes, I have. Money. I got ours. As you heard in the background there, someone yelled con artist as Santos walked through baggage claim. He ignored many of the questions from reporters, but did say he's working for his constituents. He also criticized the media. I wish you guys well. I'm going to go. And I have spoken with the voters. I've been in district the whole week. I've been taking constituent calls. I've received federal grant applications for projects in the district. And I look forward to serving the people. The one thing I'll say is the media, and we've received plenty of complaints about you guys staking up. 
The embattled lawmaker is facing more scrutiny over his past. Santos yeah. said his mother escaped the South Tower on 9-11, but a researcher obtained immigration records showing she was in Brazil at the time. Yeah. Anyway, um, we are going to have to stay on this because I, I, f- I really do fear fear and I'm increasingly thinking that he is just going to stick it out no matter how humiliating it is. He wants to be a big boy congressman and he is going to just try to avoid the pressure on him to resign for now. And he may well get away with it because I'll be honest, I don't know how long like eventually I think eventually we'll get to the end of his lies that can be uncovered. And so then it's just recycling stories and saying we still think he should resign. The story will go away. So let's us keep the pressure on media outlets and other members of Congress to keep the pressure on Santos. But I'm worried that this may be starting to lose steam and he may be able to end up serving those two years, which would be absolutely horrible. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Call anytime two one nine two David P. Speaking of George Santos, here is a caller asking a very interesting question about the Santos fiasco. Hey, David, if George Santos was a Democrat, how do you think the situation would be handled differently. Do you think that Jeffries and the Democrats would be a lot more proactive in in the same situation hypothetically where you have a couple seat advantage, um, the Democrats have a couple seat advantage and it would hurt their majority and their amount of power? I do. Now, you know, this is one of those things where when I feel that Republicans and Democrats are basically the same, I will tell you. And when I think they're different, I will tell you. One of the things that Democrats do to a fault is they are in their effort to show how they will not simply stand by any Democrat no matter what. Sometimes Democrats are too quick to condemn their own. A great example is the Al Franken situation. Al Franken involved in a tasteless joke that was photographed. But what Al Franken did in retrospect probably was not worthy of a resignation. And Al Franken resigned because there was pressure on him to resign. Anthony Weiner, Democrats abandoned him. If George Santos were a Democrat, I believe there is no doubt if he had told these lies and about these issues that he the pressure on him to resign would have been total from the Democratic Party and that he would have ultimately ended up resigning, maybe to the detriment of Democrats. That is the way I have seen Democrats operate over the last decade in American politics. So if you disagree with me, let me know. But I think it would have been handled completely differently. And Santos would be gone if he were a Democrat and the same things were uncovered. We have such a great bonus show for you today. Oh, the bonus show. Yeah. Where you want to make money. Everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. Yeah. Um, on the bonus show today, it has been determined by a judge that Ron DeSantis violated the First Amendment by removing an elected official. Who was that official? I will tell you uh, what we've talked about it before. We will talk about the George Santos drag photos story because it is a story about hypocrisy. It's a story about supposed values that they don't really care about on the right. It's a very interesting story. And at, by the way, I couldn't care less who's a drag queen. Doesn't make a difference to me. It's the hypocrisy that is interesting to me. And we have a challenger for Kirsten Cinema. Former David Pakman show guest Ruben Gallego is running against Kirsten Cinema for Senate in Arizona. We will talk about what is on the table, what this means for cinema and for Gallego, and much, much more. Sign up at joinpacman.com, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, do the thing, and we will see you on the bonus show or back here tomorrow.